gals. Welcome to audio number 19. We are at the start of week 10, and this audio is all about intuitive exercise. And this is coming to you in two parts. So part one is more of just the information about what intuitive exercise is and the blocks to it. Part two is where we do some EFT tapping around resistance to exercise and anything that's really blocking you. So I'm going to explain all of that in this audio. And so this is exercise identity-based nutrition style. And I get really excited about this topic because exercise is one of those things that for many people will conjure up a sense of dread or um, it will conjure up some sense of, you know, some negative self-talk around not doing enough or I should exercise or shame, you know, around their bodies and yada, yada, yada. And I really want to help reframe the idea of exercise and share with you what I've learned in my journey with exercise. And, um, it's, it's just such a great topic to me because I started out, uh, not enjoying exercise at all. I got some very deep identity beliefs around exercise at a very young age. And I think you guys probably know this story, but I'll tell it just in case. When I was about eight or nine, my dad um, would do um, aerobics class with my sisters and I, because we're, you know, there's two sets of twins in my family. So we're all around the same age and we were home educated at the time. So my dad had like PE was like exercise class. So he would like turn on this tape and we'd all do like exercise together, which was, you know, really cool. I think he's awesome. He's always been into um, exercising and taking care of himself in that way and pass that along to us. But I remember doing some exercise stuff and I remember looking over at um, a couple of my sisters and they were very naturally flexible um, and naturally hardworking, disciplined gals. And I uh, looked over at them and I saw how well that they were doing and that they were doing like perfect splits and they were like focusing and they're like into it. And I, I just thought, man, there's no way I'll ever be able to do that. And all of that happened so subconsciously, this idea, I'll never be able to do that. I'm just not an exercise person. I can't do it. I kind of got this idea. I'm just sort of lazy. I'm apathetic. Like that looks like a lot of work and I'm just so not into it. And so at that young age, it's about eight or nine, I just really grabbed a hold of that idea. I'm not an exercise person. And so I kind of, um, I kind of was the, the not exercise person for a long time. And uh, when I was about 16, I did start getting into um, dance, but it did feel like uh, stressful at the time. I felt like I wasn't good at it. I felt like every time I would go, it was like, it was like trying to like, you know, get myself over the hump. And it was that way for a very long time, even though I, I danced in, you know, at, a, at a, a fairly advanced level and I did different types of exercise. I always felt that like try to get myself over the hump type of feeling. And it was very, um, it just took a lot of effort and, and dread. I remember waking up thinking I need to go exercise, but I'm dreading it. And so when I started really unpacking all of that, that's where some of these tips and tricks around intuitive exercise came in because I discovered a few things about myself, about the identity that I'd created and how it had that, um, the emotion from that identity had settled into my body, creating that difficulty, that, that, that speed bump when I would try to exercise. And then I also discovered more exercise that fit for me. So I want to reframe the way you think of exercise, hopefully during this audio. It's going to be a little bit longer just because it's really important stuff. Um, exercise is one of those things that 
is so, so, so important for the human body. We were just, we were made to move. We're wired for movement. It's just, um, it's hardwired into us, but we do have these blockages. We have these social expectations and these things that we have to overcome, especially in this culture where, um, we, we're sort of, uh, programmed towards a more sedentary lifestyle. So I'm going to talk about the three blockages to exercise. And then um, I'm going to talk about intuitive exercise. Um, like Again, just like we have intuitive eating, we also have intuitive exercise. And I'm going to give you a few tips around that. And then I'm going to share with you more about yoga. Because as you know, I'm a yoga instructor. And that is one of those practices that really healed a lot of the the, the issues I was having, not only with exercise, but it helped me in so many, just, just countless ways. So I want to share a little bit about that. All right. So the three blockages to exercising consistently, we will dive in. So you may, if, if you're struggling to be consistent with exercise, likely there is a subconscious blockage and you're not a willpower weakling. You're not just an undisciplined person or someone who just isn't the exercise type. But if you find yourself setting a goal or intention and then you're making excuses, you're finding other important things to do, likely there is a subconscious blockage. So number one is past associations. So just like um, my association to exercise that came from that early experience in the aerobics, you know, class with my sisters and my dad, my, my experience was it's too hard. Um, the association was like, oh, I can't do that. It's just too much. And it just, you know, got clicked in so early. So with associations, um, remember we can have positive associations, we get negative associations. So likely if you had had a positive association with exercise, then you probably are the exercise person. You love to get out there and do whatever you do. But if you have a negative association to exercise, like it felt um, hard or stressful or just overwhelming. Um, you felt like you that maybe is associating you to a time in your life where you're maybe pushing yourself too hard or you're doing something that um, wasn't really fitting for you. There's these past associations that really um, that that create emotional blockages to get stuck inside our bodies. So then when we try to get up in the morning and go exercise, it feels like wading through peanut butter to get there. And so that's a past association. And we will tap on that um, in part two. But I just want you to kind of think back and become aware of um, your past um, associations with exercise. So when you think of exercise, what time in your life does it make you think of? Especially a time that felt maybe a little bit more stressful or, or harsh or punishing, or maybe you did a type of workout that was like really intense. So, um, or it took you back to grade school and you, um, you were feeling all sorts of things kind of like I was going through anyway. So just notice past associations. We will work on this a little bit more in part two. All right, so number two is that is a blockage to exercise is comparison and conformity. So these are two really, really big ones that keep us from moving forward because A, we're either comparing ourselves to someone else who's like running the 10K or the half marathon or is doing this cool exercise and we're like, man, they're doing that. I can never do that. Um, and then we try to conform 
And we're trying to be like that other person and we, we get out of touch with our own selves and our own power. And so we're looking out there rather than tuning into our own capacity. So comparison and conformity can be big thieves here in, in the sense of keeping you from, from really knowing what sort of exercise fits for my life and what fits for me right now and, and returning the power to ourselves. So um, that's one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll share this later that I love about yoga, but um, that's one of the things that I love so much is because in yoga, it's all about listen to your body, like find, figure it out. What's go, what do you need right now? What do you need to rest? Do you need to push yourself? What do you need? And, and there's no mirrors in the studio. It's like your mat is your bubble space and you tune into you. And that's what it's all about. So looking at someone else and saying, I should be like them, or I should be doing what they're doing, or I should look like them is, is a major blockage to being able to find out what is for you. And, um, we, we compare ourselves rather than tuning into our own inner wisdom. And that can really keep us from moving forward. All right. So, um, number three is doing a form of exercise that isn't congruent for you. And uh, I've mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to dive into it a little bit more. Uh, often we, we try to, based on that comparison or that conformity, we try to exercise in a way that doesn't really fit who we are, meaning that we're trying to either, um, we're trying to do something that is not really good for our bodies, or maybe it doesn't fit for our lifestyle. And for whatever reason, we're really holding on to it. Um, and my personal experience of this is um, when I was a dancer and, um, you know, I'm part of a really awesome um, performing arts group. It's called Christ in the Arts. And I was, uh, um, I danced in the company for a long time. And, and, and it was a part of my life and a part of my path. And I appreciated that time, but, um, classical ballet was really hard on my body. There's certain type of, um, muscles that you have to use that on my body just isn't naturally, like it doesn't fit real well for it. It's like turnout type of muscles. And, and, um, I would, I, because I really, well, I was super involved with this group and I really wanted to be that girl, that dancer who could do all of those things. I really pushed myself to make that happen. And no matter how hard I worked, no matter how hard I tried, I just felt like I was bumping into a brick wall. And then after I, um, I decided to move more into health coaching, I found myself at the yoga stand where I took my first yoga class. And I was in just amazed at how well I could do at that form of exercise and how easy it was because it was a form of exercise that was just so congruent for me on lots of levels. So just like we have foods that are congruent for us, we also have exercise that's congruent for us. And that form of exercise was incredibly healing for my body. It just works with my, my body type. Um, soccer is another one. I'm more wired like a soccer player than I am like a ballet dancer. And that's okay. So long as we're not comparing or conforming, we're tuning into what lights us up and what fits who we are. There is no need to, um, to say one is better than another. The only thing that's better is what's better for you. So 
um, that is, that can be a blockage though, is when we get stuck thinking I should be a runner or I should be a cyclist or I should be a dancer or I should be a yogi. It doesn't, whatever it is. Um, when you're trying to do an exercise, a form of exercise that doesn't fit who you are, you're going to constantly feel dread when you think about doing it. All right. So that's number three. And again, we're going to tap through some of those in part two. So let's move on to intuitive exercise, what that means. And I'm going to give you the five components of intuitive exercise, but essentially intuitive exercise is finding exercise that fits for you. It fits your life. It fits your personality and it lights you up and an intuitive exercise is also about how we go about it. So the what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're doing while we're exercising. So um, I'm going to give you those, those tips because we can be doing the right thing. Like we can be going through the motions of exercise and doing all the right things. But if we are, um, if we're tuned out, if we're in stress mode, if we're um, in striving or comparison or conformity, not only is that not healthy for the body, but we're really not having much fun either. And exercise is meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyable. It's meant to feel really good at the end of it. All right. So five components of intuitive exercise. Number one is finding the exercise that's congruent for you. And this takes some experimenting and exploring, but the best way to find out what is congruent for me is to notice what sounds intriguing. Even if you haven't tried it before, if you've just felt like, man, I've always felt this, this drawing towards this type of movement, but I've never tried it before. And I'm a little intimidated of walking into that class or starting over, trying something new, um, just know that something in your inner life may be leading you to try that thing because it might be perfect. I was honestly, even though this sounds really silly, I was scared to death of entering my first yoga class. I just thought, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And just remember that's, that's so normal because we're, we're just accustomed to what our comfort zone is. When we step outside of it, it it's going to feel like scary, of course, but that means you're onto something really good. So start to experiment and explore to find the type of exercise that's congruent for you. So it could be things like um, high intensity interval training. That's short spurts of high intensity. You know, you can, you work out for 10 to 15 minutes and you're done and that's just fits or something like dance or Zumba. You know, there's those like those great classes that really get you in there and you're grooving and you're just having fun. And those are awesome. There's sports teams. So if you played sports in the past and you're like, man, I want to get back into that. There's lots of sports teams that you can you know, get on and, and try if that's your jam. Um, another one that I really love, especially in the wintertime, that's really simple and quick is, is using a, a rebounder, which is a mini trampoline. And um, it really helps with um, your lymphatic system. I call it my lymphasizer. When my little nieces and nephews are over, they're like, hey, I want to get on your lymphasizer. And that just means uh, it's just helping your lymphatic system really move because of the bouncing up and down. It gets the lymphatic system really moving very, very smoothly. And um, so rebounding is awesome. I recommend doing that. Uh, so good. It's so good on the, it's not hard on the joints. It's really good on those joints so that you can get some cardio type of um, heart rate up um, without uh, being hard on your joints. All right. So there's also biking and hiking 
And, you know, there's just so many ways to move. And the main thing is figure out what like really sounds interesting or intriguing to you, even if it's new. Um, Also notice your personality. So I do notice that certain personalities are drawn to certain things. So if you're a more like outgoing, fun personality, often those will tend to gravitate towards things like um, Zumba or dance or like the high intensity interval training. They'll want something that's a little bit more um, peppy. And uh, that's great. So notice notice if that's you. The real structured types will tend towards running or cycling or ballet because of the real consistent structured nature of it. Or if you're someone who really is wanting to connect your mind to your body, you're looking for something meaningful or deeper than something like yoga or tai chi is, is awesome. So sometimes it's a personality thing. And then you might blow all those boxes and that's cool. So the question to really zero in on is what, what form of moving my body do I feel drawn to? Then I want you to notice after you do that form of movement, take a scan of your body and notice, how do I feel? Do I feel light? Do I feel free? Do I feel energized? Do my muscles feel good and, and worked, but not overworked or stressed or just like, Ugh, you know, you want to make sure that's that happy, like that happy sweet spot of, man, I feel really good. I feel worked out, but I don't feel like I'm about to die. Okay. And, um, you should feel pretty confident in top of the world when you finish, because exercise is so good for the brain, for the, the, those happy neurochemicals, those good endorphins. All right. So experiment and explore to figure out what type of exercise is congruent for you. Now, number two moves more towards what to do while you're exercising, because we we don't want to, um, we don't want to just tune out and kind of dissociate while we're exercising and just go through the motions. We want to really be fully engaged in whatever movement or exercise that we're doing. And so this is one of the things that I started to notice when I began yoga was learning into tu- learning to tune into my body. I started noticing more um, of the, the sensations in my body. I started to notice what I was avoiding, like certain parts of my body I was avoiding. I started noticing um, more um, the the, the con- when I was actually contracting certain muscles and when I was actually relaxing certain muscles. So number two is working on tuning in rather than tuning out. So while you're exercising, it's so important to feel your body. So you want to feel, and you may feel all sorts of things. You may feel emotions, you may feel stressed, you may feel angry, you may feel awesome. You may feel all sorts of things. But the main thing is, Exercise is also about connecting your mind to your body and feeling your body. And what happens whenever you actually tune in rather than tuning out is you make your exercise so much more effective because you notice um, what you're needing, what muscles you're needing to contract and what muscles you're needing to relax. You're fully in it. And what happens is it's it's so much more effective and, and um, you don't have to um, just go through a lot of exercise to get what you need. You can, you can get a whole lot more by, by putting your mind's attention on feeling and tuning in to your body while you're exercising. And, um, that's a huge key for me because I was so like chopped off at the neck. I was all up in my head. And that's why I also didn't notice that the form of exercise I was doing wasn't really congruent for me. So when you start to tune in, it also helps you begin to notice what's a fit. All right. So that's number two. 
tune in rather than tune out. Number three, I love this one. This is sweet talk. I call it sweet talk. While you are exercising, so important to be saying kind words to yourself while you're exercising. So having kind thoughts running through your head, affirmations, things that make you feel powerful, things that make you feel strong, what helps you feel worthy, visions in your mind of that that person that you want to be, that, that truest self, I want you to bring that vision into your mind. Even though you're not seeing it show up yet on your body, that's okay. You want to see it in your mind, and then your subconscious mind is going to pick up on that and make it happen. And if you're doing that, um, that sweet talk while you're exercising, it takes your energy up rather than that negative talk that takes your energy down. Because those, you know, those real negative thoughts like, man, this is so hard. I don't think I can do this. This is stressful. Man, I don't really, I, I'm, I just, I'm thinking about dinner. I'm thinking about da, 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 da. You know, all of those like thoughts that run through our mind, those negative self-talk, you know, programming, whatever. Those are taking your energy down and it's making it so much harder to exercise. So we really want to have that sweet talk, those kind thoughts, those affirmations. It will take your energy up and it will help you rewire your brain to love exercise. Okay, so number four is breath work. And this is really, really important. Any form of exercise that you do needs to incorporate breath work. And what I mean by that is just deep, intentional breathing or some type of breathing that focuses in on making sure that you're breathing while you're exercising. Um, I recently went to just a workout group thing that I just kind of got an invite to and I went to it recently and I just noticed everyone's doing pretty tough workout stuff, but they are not breathing. They're holding their breath. They're like turning blue in the face. They're, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so anyway, I just wanted to like get up there and be like, okay, you guys start breathing and here's how you've got to make sure that you're intentionally breathing because not only does that calm your nervous system, it's also awesome for weight loss. Your body loses weight so much faster if you're doing intentional breathing. It helps with your brain function, your your clarity of thought. Um, It's amazing. So you've got to incorporate breath work in your exercise. So important. Okay. So number five, just make sure that whatever exercise you do is realistic for where you are right now in your life. So number five is just all about realism. Make sure that you start and when you think about diving into whatever exercise is congruent for you and integrating all the things that I'm talking about, make it realistic. If you're just starting out, think in terms of two days a week or something, you know, for 30 minutes and then maybe add a little bit more and add a little bit more, but make sure that you're being realistic because what we tend to do is we tend to be like, okay, I'm going to exercise now. I'm going to do it five days a week for a whole hour. And then it's just it's just a little too much. And then we throw in the towel and don't do it at all. So, um, intuitive exercise is also realistic exercise. So make sure it's realistic for where you are right now. And of course you can build up as you, as you start to feel the strength and you start to feel the excitement and you start to feel that congruent exercise, you'll build up. It'll be great, but start out by being realistic. All right. So quickly, let me just give a plug for yoga. If you have not done yoga yet, please give it a try because it's going to help you so much with this intuitive work that we're trying to do. The intuitive eating, you can't intuitively eat if you're not tuned into your body. And what yoga does is it, incur- it, it, um, 
incorporate so many of these things that I've talked about that are so important, like the kind thoughts to yourself. There's, there's, there's time to, to really focus in on the, the kind uh, thoughts and towards yourself whenever you're doing yoga. The breath work is huge during yoga. The cues that the instructors give are all about inhales and exhales or breathing a certain way in order to make sure that you're breathing during class. And of course, it incorporates stretching, which is fantastic. It incorporates muscle work. It incorporates connecting your mind to your body. In my mind, it just is so awesome on so many levels. Um, So you haven't done it yet. Please come in to the yoga stand or look online. Give it a try. Um, I think for this type of work, it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself um, is, is giving yourself some yoga. You don't have to do it all, you don't have to just do all yoga. Like I do yoga and I play soccer and I take conditioning classes, you know, that's great, but do some yoga because of the extraordinary, um, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual benefits. Um, also I have an interview that I did with Haley probably a couple years ago. She's the owner of the yoga stand and we just talked about some of the details around it. So if you want to listen to that interview, I'll link it below and there's just more about specifically about yoga and some of the frequently asked questions that people have. So I'll send that and, um, and that way you'll have a little bit more about yoga. All right. So that's all for today. Um, make sure that you're continuing on with your green ritual. Hopefully it's a habit by now. Keep doing that intuitive meal ritual. Now, remember with some of these things, because we're rewiring your brain, you may not feel like doing them. You may be like, I don't really feel like it. And that's so normal because remember the, the, the old, um, programmed habits, um, aren't there yet. Right. And so you want to just go ahead and just do them anyway, even when you don't feel like them. And keep on doing whatever tapping that you can. So identity tapping, meditation number two, and then I'll be sending meditation number three very soon. And then also be looking for the intuitive exercise part two coming on Monday. Okay, lots of love to you all. I'll speak to you again soon.